Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. Hey, welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. As always, I'm Craig Pickett. Today, I'm really pleased to have Steve Gordon with me. Steve is uh, the CEO of The Unstoppable CEO and the host of The Unstoppable CEO Podcast. He's also a best-selling author. He's written books called Unstoppable Referrals and The Exponential Network Strategy. Steve helps businesses and business executives build the relationships they need to be successful. And he's also a serial entrepreneur. Um, He started his first business when he was 28 years old, ran that, and then started another business, which he runs today. So looking forward to uh, having you on, Steve. Hey, Craig, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's great. So you're the, uh, the author. Um, you're the founder of the, uh, the Unstoppable CEO, and you're helping uh, business and business professionals and executives grow their networks and market themselves and their businesses in a new era. Tell us more about what you're doing and how you're helping people. Well, we're working with um, primarily with businesses that have something that is expensive and requires a lot of trust to sell. Um, if you're selling Dunkin' Donuts or uh, hot dogs on the corner, you probably don't need us. But, um, but really, my background is in professional services. I spent the last 25 years really kind of trying to understand and engineer high-ticket, complex sales and what it takes to do that. And, um, you know, what we found over the years is that, that marketing has an important role to play there and, um, and really should be something that facilitates sales conversations. And a lot of times marketing isn't, isn't approached that way. Um, the marketing and sales are very separate and, and, uh, and, and they're not kind of joined together. And so uh, for a lot of the firms we work with, you know, their, their main problem is they don't have enough people to talk to and they don't have an easy way to kind of get in front of those people. And so we really help them with that. And we do that in a whole range of, of ways with different strategies and tactics. But um, so from a high level, that's what we do. And that's kind of who we serve. Well, yeah, but that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people, they've, they've come from companies or industries where they're selling a product, you know, an automobile, uh, car parts in my business, it's airplanes, airplane parts, things of the sort. And then all of a sudden they're off on their own and they're selling the service and they're like, well, what am I really selling? And it's themselves. Absolutely. The first thing anybody, you know, before you can sell anything, you really need to sell yourself. Yeah, we, uh, we talk with our clients about the idea that there, there are really three sales that happen. And the last one's the only one anybody ever counts because it's the one that, you know, results in, in the check that gets deposited in your bank account. But the important work is done in, in the first two sales. And the very first one is to get the potential client to buy into the idea that they have a problem and that there is a solution and, and they've got to have kind of that idea, you know, internalized and they've got to believe that before they can move to the next sale, which is they got to buy you, you, you know, Craig, you got to be their guy when they say, who do I need to help me find 
the next great executive, right? You got to be their guy. Um, and you, you want to make those two sales first, because if you make those two sales first, the third sale where the money changes hands becomes almost trivial. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the thing is, is a lot of people have said, you know, the best, most successful business owners and sales executives are the ones who, you know, like you said, become the guy. They become the indispensable, and every industry has somebody out there who is, you know, the go-to person. How does, you know, you, you, when you're working with business owners and, and sales executives, how do you help them become that, that person? They're obviously experts, but if, if the challenge is getting the word out, how are you helping them do that? Well, the, the job of marketing is to make those first two sales. And ideally, it's making those first two sales almost before you've ever had one-on-one -on -one contact, if you do it well, uh, with, with a particular prospect. I, you know, I, I was on a, a podcast last week and we were talking about marketing and uh, I was asked, well, what's your definition of marketing? And, and the, the way I define marketing is it, it's really the, the practice of allowing your ideas to do the selling for you. And, you know, you, if you think about needing to get, you know, to get known and, and to get the word out, you know, like you said, uh, a lot of people like to use that phrase. Very few people really understand what that means. Um, getting the word out means taking your ideas. It's not just letting people know, hey, I'm here and here's what I do. But today it means taking your experience and your knowledge and your wisdom, turning that into an idea that can influence the marketplace and influence your prospects and position you as an authority in their mind before they've ever met you. And and it, it needs to do two things. It needs to capture their attention. And then the ideas that, that you put out need to then hold their attention as you create relationship with them over time. Uh, and so that, that's really the way we view marketing. And that's the way that you, you get the word out. Now we can get into details and tactics and all of that. But the, the first and important thing to understand is that if you truly are an expert and you know, most people who have been in an industry for a long time, I mean, the people that are, you know, that you've attracted in, in your audience, Craig, they've been around long enough. They've got rich expertise. Right. And we what we like to do with expertise is we like to lock it up in our office or in our head. And, and we either think that everybody knows it, which is rarely true. And, you know, we think, oh, everybody knows this, so it's not worthy of sharing. Or we think that, Oh wait, that's my uh, that's my intellectual property. That that that's my secret sauce, and I I hate to break it to you. There's no secret sauce. Most everything under the sun has already been talked about before and known before. Um, and the most powerful thing you have is by unleashing that. And and uh, there there are lots of examples over the course of of uh, modern advertising the last hundred years or so where a very smart marketer has gone in and looked at a process that everybody in an industry is doing. Mm -hmm. And all they've done is describe that process publicly in the, the advertising and the marketing. And now it becomes a competitive advantage. Yeah. The, uh, I got to tell you, the Kardashians amaze me. You talk about basically becoming, you know, it's a shtick. We're influencers. Totally. We're, we're marketers. And they, you know, and they, they, uh, every one of them has taken it up a new notch um, and, and people are following, you know, following their lead. You know, you think about all the marketing that's done on Instagram and the Instagram influencers. And it's all based off of this revolution that the Kardashians started a decade ago. Um, 
And you see it other places as well. You know, you see it on Facebook, you see it on LinkedIn, you see basically people becoming, you know, they're the go-to authorities in the industry. They talk about different things, but they're the expert advisors. Um, and it were, you know, and look, to be a credible service, you know, salesperson, you sort of got to be that expert advisor, no matter what your product is. You do. And, and I think one of the dangers in, in looking at the, those examples is for most of us who are selling ourselves, it's hard to, to really see, well, how do we fit into that? You know, hey, I'm in the aerospace industry. I'm not a Kardashian. I'm not selling, you know, makeup and clothing right. and whatever else they're selling. I think saw last night they're producing TV now. Um, and, you know, so how do I translate that idea? And the, the way you want to think about it is you want to think about the smallest number of people that you need to be what I would call omnipresent for, mm -hmm. you know, and think about how can I show up in lots of different places for this small group of people. And that's the, that's the kind of ninja move in all of this. Most people go the opposite way. They say, how can I get exposed to the greatest number of people? And that's a trap. Yep. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough budget. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough um, energy to go broad like that most of the time. I mean, in most service-based businesses, we're usually working pretty lean and mean. So you've got to be a little smarter about who you're targeting and target a small enough group that you can go really deep with that group because, I mean, particularly when you're selling something that is high priced and high profit, you probably don't need a lot of transactions right. in any given period of time, right? So you can live in that smaller world and go really deep and you can actually create for yourself your own little market where you're, you're the leader. Yep. That's the secret. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I could not agree with you more. Um, yeah. I have this conversation, obviously I'm a small business, I'm a services provider and I have this conversation with people all the time and I'll use conferences, for example. I could spend a whole lot of marketing dollars taking a shotgun approach to the industry, buying ads, whatever, um, and, and get obscure results. You know, you never know. Hey, look, if I spend $10,000 on whatever, you know, shotgun approach there is, what are the results going to bring? You don't know. However, and this is what I tell a lot of my peers, you get a conference. It's attended by 250 well-qualified prospects. It costs you 1500 bucks to go to the conference. It costs you another 500 bucks for a plane ticket, a couple hundred bucks for a hotel. You're all in for 2,000, 2,500 bucks. You know, what do you need to do? You need to meet, you need to meet 10 great people. You need to sell to one of them. You've paid for the conference and you've you know, made a really good return. And oh, by the way, you're probably gonna build relationships with two, other, two or three other people who are gonna buy from you as well. So that two grand that you spend on a conference will pay you back probably in dividends of 10X. Yeah, absolutely, because you're with a focused group of people. Right, and, and, and too many small business, I don't think enough salespeople, corporate salespeople or business you know, services providers really understand that theory. You know, it's go big or go home when you're really like, hey, look, let's, let's kind of stay small and, 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 and do, it, you know, do it more focused. Well, and I think staying small and focused is actually the way you go big. I, I, I've seen it over and over and over again with our clients. Uh, sometimes I have to tackle them and wrestle them to the ground to get them to, to narrow down, you know, because the, the natural tendency 
is to say, you know, my prospects are anybody with a heartbeat and a wallet, but that's never true. And the more you narrow down, the more you can use your limited resources and you always have limited resources. Um, even if you have unlimited budget, which I doubt you do. Uh, but even if you had unlimited budget, you have unlimited time and energy. And so um, you've got to figure out where can you deploy those resources for the biggest impact with the least amount of effort. I mean, that's kind of the definition of business, right? Yep. So um, most of us don't give any thought to that. We go too broad. We're not very thoughtful about it. We're not very strategic about it. And, and then, you know, we wonder why, we, why we're working so hard for such a small outcome. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah, it's funny. The example I like to use, you know, when I talk to people is back way back when I started my business, you know, I was, it was literally the, you know, the financial, the financial crisis was in its darkest hours. Um, Everybody was managing dollars, including me. And I had an opportunity to, to go make some business, you know, go make some commerce happen. I literally got in my car, drove 12 hours to meet a guy. I met the guy. We had a great meeting. He introduced me to six of his teammates and the one hour meeting or hour and a half hour meeting I thought I was going to have, and I was willing to drive 24 hours to have turned into about an eight hour day with six or seven people. I then drove home. And I think that I still think back if I were to count up all the dollars that that one meeting or that one effort resulted in, it's over. It's, it's, it's easily seven figures. I mean, it's a million plus dollars. Um, you know, you think about your efforts and like you said, focused efforts, go, you know, go small equals go big. Um, I think every small business owner has that example um, that they can, they can, you know, turn back to and go, yeah, that worked for me too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are all, all kinds of examples. Hey, look, I want to, yeah, but the one thing I really, uh, you yeah, know, and reading your, your material and your books, the one thing you really talk about is networking and one area where, where business executives really have a, they, they're challenged is they go to a conference or they go to a coffee and they network with somebody and they walk out and they're all excited about it. And then it goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do they keep that? How do they keep that, that network opportunity? Yeah. You look, you, you made the effort. You, you, you accomplished the goal, which was meeting the person, but you know, then they let it die. How do they keep energy into that relationship? Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a challenge because when often when you start relationships in that way, you're not actually putting a lot of energy into it. Um, and I, I found this out. I, I used to go uh, and, and network about, I don't know, we're talking 10 years ago um, in my local community. And, um, and I had a pretty good size network here and I'd go have, have those meetings and, you know, um, everybody else was having those same meetings and it was just sort of like, Hey, here's another one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all left with this really wonderful, optimistic intention to have this mutually beneficial relationship. And then nothing happened. In fact, I, you know, I was usually the one that was going back and I'd go try and find, you know, can I make some connections for them or whatever? And I do that. And I'd, I'd get very little in return. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2012, um, I stumbled on a different approach. And in, in 2012, I created my first podcast. And I used that podcast to interview 52 people that uh, some were in my local area and some were all over the US and all, all over the world. 
some I knew beforehand and some I didn't know at all. And what I learned in that process was that it was really pretty easy to get people to agree to meet with me for something like an interview. It was also pretty time efficient to do that because I didn't have to drive from one Starbucks to the next Starbucks to the next Starbucks to have all these meetings. I was able to do them from my office and kind of batch them, which, you know, hey, time efficiency always helps. But I had all of those interviews. I published those podcast episodes. I built relationships with those people. And, um, you know, we did that for a year, 52 episodes. Um, and then I stopped that podcast. And I'll tell you why I stopped and the lesson that should be learned there. But um, I went back two years later. In 2014, I wrote my first book, Unstoppable Referrals. And I talked about this method of using interviews as a way to connect with, uh, with referral partners and, and with potential clients. Uh, I talked about it in the book and um, it was like one little chapter in the book, but I reached back out to these people, 52 of them. And 15 of those people agreed to help me promote the book. They shared it with their network, with their audience. Some of them had really big audiences and some of them had you know, little tiny networks that they shared it with. Um, 15 out of the 52. And in the first week we launched the book, we went from nobody knowing about us to having 5,268 people get the book in a week. You know, I it just suddenly hit me like there's something powerful about starting a relationship off like that where I'm instantly giving them value. Because if I go to a business owner or someone else in, in, in business that's looking to promote either themselves or their business, mm -hmm. and I give them a platform to share their ideas, I'm doing them a, an enormous favor right up front and it doesn't cost me hardly anything. And actually I'm getting a lot of value out of it because now I'm, I'm building this relationship that I wanted. Right. And so we have used a podcast as kind of a, a, a very unique and effective way to network. And um, you know, that first one worked so well that we stopped, but we stopped because as I did that, it was, you know, it was me and an, an assistant at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was the technical one of the two of us. So, um, I, you know, we got business out of that and I ran out of time. And so the, the big thing I tell people now is if, if you want to use the strategy, and we can talk more about the details of how it works, but if you want to use the strategy, get a team. Um, that's one of the things now over the, for the last year and a half we, we now do for our clients. Um, you know, you can get us and we can be the team or you can find somebody else to be the team um, or you can hire the team, but get a team. This, this strategy is a really effective way for you to create relationships, uh, number one. But it also gives you a platform. Going back to what we talked about before, having your ideas sell you, it gives you a great platform then to be able to put your ideas out there and share them with your market and to kind of become that person who's omnipresent within the market. And there are a few different ways that that happens. We can get into all of those details, but that's our kind of different approach to networking. Yep. And no, it, well, I, I think it, you know, it's building, you know, relationship building. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's a mutual, it's a mutual benefit. You know, people go to you know, networking events or they, you know, they call up an executive and say, Hey, let's have coffee. You know, okay. What do you want to get out of that? What do you want to get out of that networking event? What do you want to get out of that meeting? And ultimately what it should be is how can I help you be successful? And in turn, can you help, if, if we have a relationship, you know, that, that I benefit you, you'll ultimately talk nice about me, possibly refer me 
to your friends or your customers or whomever, and it starts to take off. But you know, people don't, I think the one thing that, that we're business execs get really myopic is they go to these conferences and it's, or they go to networking events and they don't really understand why they're going. They think it's, hey, I'm gonna go have a glass of wine, I'm gonna go meet people, you know, great, what's next? You know, if, if the answer is, I don't know, probably need to rethink that, that strategy. Absolutely, I mean, that, that's where all of the, that investment in, in networking goes to die. It's not at the event, it's what happens after that. And most of the time, nothing happens after that. Um, one of the reasons that I'm such a strong believer in using a platform like a podcast to do this, um, and I think podcasts have some unique qualities to them which really facilitate this, um, you know, because you're able to, to talk with the person um, like we're talking right now. It's easy for them. Uh, it's easy. It's an easy way for them to to show up and share some valuable ideas, and uh, and it's a great way for you to edify them personally and and publicly. Uh, which in you know in a one on one coffee meeting or you meet them somewhere, um, you don't usually get the opportunity to do that. So it, it it creates this bond that I just found was very difficult to to replicate in all those coffees and lunches and the, the traditional ways that I was doing it before. Um, the other thing that it does is it gives them an immediate and easy way to share you. So you've recorded this episode, like we're recording this and um, you've invited me onto your podcast and um, you've got an audience of thousands and thousands of people and I've got an audience of thousands and thousands of people. And the minute that this thing goes live, what am I gonna do? I'm going to go share it with all those thousands of people that I know that you don't know. And guess where they're going to go? They're going to go to your website and learn about you and listen to you. Now, I don't know if any of the people that in my audience, you know, need your services or not, but just by the fact that you asked me to be here, I'm going to share you with everybody I know because it's in my own self-interest to do that. You have right. aligned your interest, which is growing your business with my interest, growing my own business. And now we're, we're working together. We didn't even have to talk about it, right? We, you and I hadn't had that conversation yet. We didn't even have to talk about it because it's in my interest to do it. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, I, I, I laugh, you know, because I, I, I actually, I wrote a blog on this. I went to, uh, I went to a conference out in uh, uh, San Diego last year and I wrote a blog on it. I said, look, guys, let's just cut to the chase. You know, the only reason you're here is to sell something. The only reason I'm here is because I want to sell you something. You know, you've got a room of a thousand people, all of whom the goal is to sell something. Now, look, you and I, you know, we're, we're, we're here, we're having our podcast and hopefully you're going to help your, you know, you're going to help your audience. I'm going to help my audience. But for business executives, so if, if you, you know, even inside big companies, when you send your salespeople on the road, look, if you really want to figure out how to effectively sell something, ask a small business owner who doesn't have an expense account doesn't really have a marketing department. You know, the fact that, you know, you've got salespeople out there going, I can't sell anything because marketing's not bringing me any leads. Well, if that's your attitude, you're probably not all that effective as a salesperson to begin with. So, um, you know, uh, the, the idea of a, mutual, a mutually beneficial relationship should be the first thing that any sales or business person, you know, business owner um, is thinking about when they're out networking. Well, we all have that intention, I think. I mean, that, you know, the number of emails 
that I've received over the course of my career where somebody expresses the desire to have a mutually beneficial relationship, you know, if I could turn those into dollars, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but it's one thing to have the intention and it's another thing to create a process that facilitates that. And, and to create that process, you have to think about, okay, what would be in the, in the interest of the person that, I want to have this relationship with. And then how can I reverse engineer something that's easy for me to deliver on, you know, because I need it to be easy for me to deliver on knowing myself and knowing the demands that I have on me and my own business. But so it's got to be easy for me to deliver on. How do I reverse engineer something that's really valuable to that person and aligns with what they're trying to accomplish that I can deliver on consistently and, and do it over time. And it's that extra bit of thinking that very few people do. Um, which is why, you know, I told you before we started recording, I, I just released a book um, called The Follow-Up Formula on how to follow up, you know, and, and, and email to all these different situations. Nobody does it very effectively because they, they haven't thought through, well, how am I adding value in this situation? And so you have to do that. And that, that's one of the reasons that I like having a platform where you can do that. You know, it turns you more into a like a journalist or a media person mm -hmm. where you've got this platform and you can, you can help promote people. Um, the other thing that it does for you, it is, it allows you to come back around to them automatically on a regular basis. Um, and so when we interview people on our podcast, um, one of the things that happens is that they get promoted right then and there when the episode goes live, but then they go into a constantly cycling sequence of posts on our LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter so every few months they're being mentioned. I'm helping promote whatever they're doing, whatever their ideas were. I'm helping share them. And it's another little reminder that, hey, I'm here and I'm an ally and I'm helping you. And you didn't have to do anything. Yep. And so there's lots of ways you can, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a podcast. I just particularly think that, that that's an easy one for most people to do because it doesn't require you to write. And I find most business people are allergic to writing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, the ghostwriting business is a, uh, it's booming right now. Um, yeah, out there. So uh, you're right. They're allergic to writing. But uh, hey, yeah, one thing you talk about is uh, yeah, really selling with authority. We've talked about podcasts. Are there some good strategies other than podcasts that, uh, you know, and, and, and networking events that you, uh, that you promote? If you really want to get good at that, um, and you're serious about it, there are, uh, there are more things than just the podcast that you're going to want to have in, in the arsenal. Um, Pre-selling prospects, going back to where we started the conversation today, is all about letting your ideas sell for you um, and then getting those ideas out in a number of different ways and in a number of different places so that for that small group of people that we talked about that you define as, as your target market, that everywhere they look, they're running into your good ideas. And if you want to do this at a high level, then I think a podcast is a great place to start because mm -hmm. it's easy to start. But I think you're also going to want to have a book. Um, I'm a big fan of short books. I call them airplane books. You know, if I can, I live in Tallahassee, Florida. So everywhere I go, I fly through Atlanta. So if I can complete a book on, you know, the hop from Atlanta to wherever I'm going, um, that's a good book. I can consume that idea and do something with it. Um, and so I think, you know, you, you need to have a book or books um, in place um, and you need to be publishing 
your ideas through articles on a regular basis as well. And then all of that can be used um, in email and in social media and in direct mail um, so that you're showing up to the people that matter all the time. And it, it just requires you kind of creating that, that force field around them wherever they go, that there you are. Um, that's how you sell with authority. That's where you get people coming to you because they can't imagine anyone else ever having the kinds of answers that you have. Now, mm -hmm. that's a lot of work, but, you know, so is dialing 100 cold dials a day. It's just a, what kind of work do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, I began to say like, you know, the, the hundred, the hundred cold dials, you know, in today's day and age provides very little. Yeah, um, I mean, the expert advisor. Yeah. I, I get asked all the time, like about different marketing methods. Do you think this will work? Do you think that'll work? Here's the truth of it. I, and I'm going to lose my certified marketer card over this. So don't tell the union. Okay. But here's the inside scoop. It all works. I, you give me, you know, Craig, if, if you said, can you find an example of somebody who does aerospace executive recruiting and does it by having an Instagram influencer page and that's their strategy, I could probably find that. Mm -hmm. It's got to be out there, right? Every marketing strategy that, that you can think of works. Cold yeah. calling still works. A lot of people say, no, it doesn't work at all. It's probably not as effective as it used to be, but it does still work. I have examples of people today making it work. Um, it, it's really just a matter of how do you want to sell and, and what's, what are you most comfortable with? And, and you want to align it with how you're kind of wired anyway. Uh, there are some people for whom I would tell them, don't, you don't want to do this authority thing because that's not you. You're probably not going to be successful with it. Right. Well, you, no, you're right. It's, uh, you know, as I tell people, as I tell people, um, it, you, you have to do everything. You know, if you're allergic to the phone, you're not going to be successful as a sales or business, you know, owner, a salesperson or business owner. Um, but it, but it's everything. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's becoming, a you know, an expert, uh, you know, an expert author, even if you have to use a ghostwriter who is good at putting your ideas down on paper, you have to be out there digitally you have to be out there getting your ideas across and then you have to be able to pick up the phone and call people and have something that you know shows your credibility so mm. um, there's not one thing that works always it's the combination of everything that you have to be doing i mean late, you know it's it's uh you know i'm just going to throw a bunch of ads out there like crest toothpaste and hope people buy it doesn't work for a smaller business yeah that, that's the tough thing um and particularly right now because online advertising is still relatively new. Um, we're, we've just kind of gone through the first big inflection point in, in the development of the online platforms. And you've seen prices both for first for Google because they started first and now for Facebook kind of going up dramatically. Um, and so the game's getting a little more difficult. And the, the thing with advertising is that you've got to have your target audience pretty well nailed down and your message and you got to have a super compelling offer. And if you don't have all three of those things, and, and I'll be perfectly honest, the vast majority of businesses that we see when they come wanting to work with us don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder why their advertising fails and they blame it on the ad guy. Well, it's not the ad guy. He didn't have anything to work with. I, I, uh, it's a business problem. 
Yeah, no, public relations, you know, PR, P, you know, it, it's, it's uh, way back in the day, a couple of years ago, I had interviewed a bunch of PR people and said, hey, look, I think I want to do some PR. How much? And they said, well, it's probably three grand a month. I said, well, you know, what am I going to get out of it? What's yeah. my, you know, what, how can I measure a return? Well, it's PR. You don't really know. Okay, I, yeah, I, I, I throttled back on that idea. <laughs> um, and said, look, you know, the only advertising I will do or the only marketing I will do is something where I can get a discernible ROI. I can measure it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's key. Uh, look, the, the, the other thing, let's talk about price. Um, everybody hates, I don't know too many people who really enjoy the price conversation. What, how much do you charge? You're a big proponent of increasing your service charges. I hate the word fees. So let's call it professional service charges. Why should business owners raise their charges? Low price is not ever proven to be a winning strategy in the history of business. So low price was the strategy that Sears used. I mean, and I don't mean recently, but go, going way back to the 1800s when they were, you know, essentially they became the one of the biggest businesses in the country because they innovated a distribution system through mail order, which allowed them to sell things that weren't available everywhere and sell them at a, a very low price compared to a local competitor. Um, they carried on with that strategy and it worked really well for them for a little over a century. And then it didn't because then Walmart came along and Walmart innovated a new supply chain and a new method of selling through a big box store. And, um, and, and so it worked really well for Walmart for, I guess, what about a half a century now? Mm -hmm. Well, now Walmart's feeling the pinch because Amazon has come along. And the problem with a low price strategy is that there's always gonna be someone willing to sell for less. And so I hear this from service businesses all the time. They, they, they complain that I got a competitor and he's just, he's, you know, he's the dirty competitor that just undercuts everybody you know, and they, they complain about this, that's the reality of the market. So you can either go that route and try and, you know, play around in the pig pen where everybody gets muddy, or you can say, all right, well, that's not going to really be the winning strategy for me. I need to go the other direction because being in the middle is awful. You lose on both ends. In the middle, you don't have enough profit to be unique. And, um, and you're always going to get cut out by the lower price competitor then because you're not unique. When you go to the high end and you raise your prices, you create profit. And profit allows you to create a unique and premium experience that's tuned into a very specific type of client. That's why you need to raise your fees. Yeah, the race to the bottom. I've had this conversation with clients. It's like, look, I'll just let the other go. Why are you, Craig, why are you charging this when the other guy, why are you charging X when the other guy is charging Y? My answer is very simple. I'll let them go broke first. Mm -hmm. um, it's better for me just to do nothing than it is to take on a project that's low, low fee, where I hate myself. Um, yeah, I'm just not enthused about it. Doesn't work for the customer. Doesn't work for me. So why do it at all? Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, but if you think about price as as a differentiating strategy, you know, by having a higher price, it allows you to create some very unique value in your offering. And that doesn't always mean additional deliverables, but it, it might be a, a different experience. So, um, 
one of the ways we've we've done that is with a service we just launched for uh, kind of coming up with someone's message, which ultimately results in what you know what it says on on their website homepage, um, and we engineered a very different experience because in most of the, in most cases when you go in with a company to do that, it takes anywhere from 30 days to six months, depending on how many people they want to have involved in that, in that process internally. And, um, and it just takes forever. And the outcome of that usually isn't very good. So we re-engineered the process and looked at time as, as something to deliver differently. So we do it in three days. We start on a Monday and we're done by the end of the day, Wednesday. And, um, you know, and, and we, we tell folks up front. So that's not for everybody, but it's for clients that want to just get it done. Um, and, uh, you know, and so by thinking about different ways that you can kind of look at the components of, of how you deliver what you do and do it differently than everybody else, you now create something that's going to be valuable and, and differentially valuable to certain people in the market. But you better know your numbers. If you're going to raise your price, you better know your numbers. Oh, absolutely. Always. I, I will, you know, we're higher priced, but we will deliver you know, more clients. We will deliver more profit. We will deliver a better ROI, whatever it is, quicker on time delivery, better quality. I don't care. Whatever it is, you better know your numbers and understand the value you bring. Absolutely. What are some of the breakthroughs that small businesses need? to really take it to the next level? First biggest breakthrough is to, to go and create for yourself a media platform. We've talked a lot about podcasts. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It could be an email that you send out once a week to everybody that's, that's in your database. You've got to get to the point where you're communicating more frequently. That's, to me, the, the biggest low-hanging fruit and missed opportunity in business. Um, you know, and so I, I always recommend for our clients that they start there. And then once you've got that in place and you're beginning to communicate, that's going to help you stay top of mind. And it's going to unearth opportunities that were there and lurking below the surface that you just were letting sit dormant because you didn't send them anything that's going to get them to move. So that's usually the, the first big breakthrough we see. Um, the, the second is getting a much better offer and much clearer messaging. Uh, oftentimes when you know, somebody wants to work with us, you know, one of the things we ask them um, when they set an appointment is to tell us where their website is and I'll go look. And at least 50% of the time, I can't clearly tell what they do on their website. Oh. I can tell what industry they're in, but I can't really tell what, what's the solution or the value that you're delivering here. That's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And so that's the next big thing that, that you want to look at is, do I have an offer that is really, really compelling and unique? And am I communicating in a way that is brain dead simple that anybody can understand? And so th those are probably the two biggest opportunities that virtually every business has. Mm -hmm. And 50% of them do it effectively, more or less? I wouldn't say the other 50% do it effectively, but 50% are so bad, I can't tell. <laughs> the other 50%, they're, they're, you know, at, at different levels. Some are doing it really, really well. There's probably... 5% where you look at it and you go, okay, I completely get it. I wouldn't change anything here. You know, and then when I talk to them, they, you know, and ask them, how's it working? And yeah, we, we get leads from our website all the time. Yep. You know, but that's 5%. The other 95% are 
you know, somewhere on the spectrum of not being very clear and not being, being very compelling. Gotcha. Interesting. So communication, create a media strategy, you know, mutual benefit to your clients and, you know, you know mutual benefit and just, you know, and do it all. It's kind of a, it's kind of basic, it's, it's a lot of the basic blocking, blocking and tackling in business. It is. And the, the do it all eventually. Okay. The big thing that I see people get into is they try and do too much and you end up never really mastering anything right? Um, when it comes to sales and marketing. And so you, you want to start at a point where you can be successful and you can go deep with a strategy um, that we call them. We have a nickname for them in, in uh, our firm. Uh, we call them the dabblers. Uh, the worst I ever heard was this. It was a woman. She was a consultant. And she was actually a sales consultant, believe it or not. And she was using 13 different marketing methods. I mean, all kinds of stuff, some of it online, some of it offline, 13 mm -hmm. different methods. She was a solo business. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, what's working? Well, I mostly get everybody from referral. So what about all these other 12? Well, you know, but I'm afraid to stop them. Well, if you stop all those 12 and just focus on, one solid strategy for referrals, what do you think would happen? You know, you're going to get immediately better at it and you're going to get better results. And so we see that a lot with businesses where they've tried, you know, they're, they're posting every now and then on LinkedIn, but nothing really valuable. They send, you know, a quarterly email out to their network, but it's not enough to make a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they tried sending a postcard once two years ago and it didn't do anything. You know, they did one presentation or a lunch and learn, you know, 18 months ago and nothing came from it. So they didn't do it again. And, you know, you're never going to get anywhere like that. You need to pick one strategy, execute it consistently. And you're going to see results, but you're not going to necessarily see them immediately. Uh, it's like anything else in life. You got to develop that capability. Absolutely. Good. So you're the, you, the unstoppable CEO. How do people get in touch with you? Well, the best place for, for folks to go uh, is a page we've set up just for your listeners, Craig, it's at unstoppableceo.net slash aerospace. So unstoppableceo.net slash aerospace. And when they go there, we've got some, some things that they can get for free. First, you can get my book, The Exponential Network Strategy. Um, you can get the ebook and the audio book um, and actually a video version of it for free. Um, it's linked at the bottom of that page. Um, and that'll explain a lot of the details um, into our networking strategy and, and how we do that. Um, that that'll probably be the most valuable thing for, for folks listening. And we've also got a complete guide on, um, on how to approach this idea of being omnipresent and, and pre-selling prospects. Um, and so you can get that. There's, it's completely free. You don't actually don't even have to opt in to get it. There's just a link there that'll take you where you can read that. Um, and uh, certainly come subscribe to our podcast. Um, we'd love to, to have you as a listener. And your new book can be found where? Uh, the new book, uh, The Follow-Up Formula, is uh, at our website. If they go to unstoppableceo.net slash follow-up formula book, they can find it there. And uh, it's linked from the homepage, so they'll be able to get it that way as well. Awesome. Hey, Steve, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on today. It was great. We, uh, let's, uh, let's find some time down the road and uh, you know, do it again. Um, hit on a lot of great points that uh, some great value you bring to a lot of salespeople out there, business owners. So let's, uh, let's be sure to do this again. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun, Craig. I had a blast. Thanks, Steve.